0: By the way, Eternals is on Disney+. Plus.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'll watch that tonight then. I was watching it eating lunch earlier, remember? I do what I want.
2: You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever. But to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true... It's Better Than Fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, friends, to episode 60 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Joining you is always me, Gandalf, your friendly neighborhood wizard, along with Matt, Matt, say hi. Hi, guys. And Nathan Van Horn. Howdy. And we're glad that you're joining us for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. But before we get into that, there's two major things we got we got to care of. First, it's the one that you know is coming if you've been listening for any length of time. You know I'm going to ask you to subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Like if you're on Spotify. Subscribe if you're on iTunes. And a star if you're on Google Play. But... Gentlemen, a terrible thing has befallen us today. Um, after having a perfect streak of five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, uh, I regret to inform you that we have received our first one-star review, mm. and we're, we're now sitting at a 4.9 average instead of a perfect five. <coughs> Ouch. So, it was bound to happen. I thought we so. had a four-star. I thought we had a four-star.
1: Did we not have a four-star?
2: Well, the four-star didn't weigh us down enough, though. We had so many five-stars that it didn't bump us down to oh, so 4.9, oh. but that one was all we needed to be forever tainted. So to, to you, our one-star reviewer, I'm so sorry that uh, <laughs> we, leave, we upset you so. You can leave a one-star review. Just keep listening. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's good. And for the rest of you, I say, please help us out in this dark hour. and <laughs> give, us, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts right. and the greatest of them all. If you could give a written review, that means more than like a hundred new people listening in terms of algorithmic waiting. Like the fact that you would take some time to write a review is like better for us than like if a hundred people just like listened casually, which I know sounds terrible, but please, we're begging you, we gotta have that five. That five-star average back. <laughs> this is like when you, like, you've like you been
1: doing good, you know, you do well in class, and then you lay off on that one assignment. It takes you the rest of the semester to get your average back.
2: Mm. What you do is that you do so poorly the first half of the semester that you have no choice but to buckle down and do good the rest of the semester. It's all part of the plan. And this is also quintess-
0: quintessential Preacher brain, like for instance, let's focus on the one little thing that is is discouraging, as opposed to all this wonderful stuff that God is doing. Oh,
1: so, I thought you, yeah. I thought you were taking that in a different direction. I had a really bad sermon. How many good sermons does it take to make up for that? Oh, that that's true.
0: <laughs> you know, I got some good preaching advice years ago, and that is, quit trying to hit home runs. Singles when the game. Just get on base, man.
1: Just get on base. Consistency.
2: Hey, amen to that. I had a joke
1: that did not land the other day, and I reminded the individual who refused to laugh that Babe Ruth had three strikeouts for every home run. Just keep swinging. Yeah, that's right. (laughs)
2: All right. Well, I know we got to get today's episode, but Nathan, your your comment there about the joke that didn't land just reminded me. Here at First Baptist Tupelo, where Matt and I serve, we actually had to install extra microphones in our sanctuary, basically for the purpose of hearing the congregation laugh during our live stream when Matt tells a joke. (laughs) Because before that, it sounded like he was bombing every single joke. (laughs) So we actually had to install microphones so that... (laughs) We we can assure our online audience, no, Matt is funny. Believe us, please. <laughs> well, because uh, that that uh, is
0: <laughs> the that is the goal, right? To be a funny, you know, communicator. I mean, forget biblical <laughs> content. As being, long as people that's are right. I being think. facetious, Secondary. being facetious,
1: yes, of course. Hey,
2: but uh we completely missed over it. Nathan gave us a great segue when he's talked about it all being part of the plan. I don't know if that was a Joker reference or if that was a perfect segue to today's ah, episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: So t- today we want to talk about one of those things that might not mean what you think it means. Um, nice Princess
1: Bride reference. Inconceivable! Inconceivable. <laughs> yeah. That was painful. funny. That was painful. Yeah. yeah, there you go. All
2: right, but anyway, we left off last time, if I recall correctly, right before the call of Abraham, right? That was in the very tail end of chapter 11, and now we're all set up for the, actu- the actual event to take place where Abraham gets called by God, right? Right. Yes. So
0: we're going to talk about a couple of things today through this whole process. So it would be best if we started in verse 27 of chapter 11 and then read through 12, three. And Gandalf, why don't you take us away today?
2: I can do that. This is Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 27 and then go to where, Matt? Uh, chapter 12, verse three. Chapter 12, verse 3. And as always, this is from the ESV version. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of his kindred, in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Ishka. Now Sarai was barren, she had no child. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, his son Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now jumping to Thank you. It's been a while. I, I was yeah. wondering how long it would be before I have to, to read again.
0: So what we want to talk about today is the subject of election.
2: Now, not, uh, now that scares me because <laughs> this isn't a theology podcast. I, I don't know about that. Dun, yeah. Dun, well, dun.
0: That, so it's important as we're connecting the dots in the biblical narrative, in fact, eventually when you do get to your theology, it's important to know the dots that are in the narrative and it will help you form theology. And I think, um, and Nathan has really helped me with this over the last few years, but I, I think that this word election is one that we don't fully grasp. I think it is one that it has, it's, it's more nuanced than we think it is. And I think we actually major on the minor part of it as opposed to majoring on the major part of it. And I'll, I'll let Nathan
1: flesh that out. Well, yeah. So typically when you think of the word election, what do you think of? Salvation. Salvation. So if someone is elect, what does that mean? means they're going to heaven. Chosen if, for salvation. So if someone is not elect... They are not chosen for salvation. They're not chosen for salvation. Okay. Um, So how does that work biblically? Like, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot in the podcast is um, the relationship between system and story, right? The story needs the system for guardrails, so you can't just endlessly explore— uh, possibilities of meaning, and you know, venture out into heresy. That's that's true, but but the system has to be shaped by the story. Like God gave us the Bible; He wants us to have. Overwhelmingly, it's a story. So you know, usually when we hear election talk, even though it's not exclusively in Paul, a lot of times if you're having the election talk, you're in Paul. Like people go to you know Romans nine through eleven is a big uh, a big thing. Even in Romans 9 through 11, overwhelmingly, what does Paul do, though? He appeals to stories in Scripture, right? Jacob and right. Esau, things like that. Um, so uh, several scholars—I won't even get into the, all that—have been helpful in, in kind of reshaping how I approach that term. Let me ask you this, though. If we make election about who goes to heaven, pretend we're not talking about theology. Gandalf, pretend it's 2024. All right. Okay? That is a if we're, if we're still around in what, 2024. In the year 25-25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um they were very optimistic. Who who thinks, you know, we may not make it that long. Um, yeah, so it's 2024. What's special about 2024? What type of year is it? That's wow. an election year. Okay, election. yeah. So presidential. Yeah, election there you year. go. It's the yeah. next chance you have to vote for president. When you vote for your president, president, when you take part in a process that elects a president, what are you electing? You're electing the head of the executive branch. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? Does that mean you're electing the person who gets to sleep at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue?
2: No, that's just, that's just kind of a side effect of who you elect, because the whoever you elect has got to live in the White House because it's the president. Right. But you
0: elect
1: him to do the job not Correct. not to and, be the thing. And I would argue that's kind of what we miss with election as a biblical term. So election is election is everywhere in the Bible, right? Uh it, it, I think I don't think there's a single strata of New Testament uh writings that doesn't mention election or draw on that concept. But election biblically for me and I stand open to correction election is not just about who God wants to give a blessing namely salvation to election is about who God wants to work his blessing through uh, Nathan I I was already
0: kind of these thoughts were already in my mind before we started talking about this probably two years ago now and one of the things is when when Paul says there in Romans, and calls unbelieving israel elect like that was the thing even that even made the unbelievers yeah yeah that, that, that made that... me think if unbelieving israel the ones who currently are in opposition to the gospel if they are called elect these are people who have rejected the gospel of christ then election cannot be synonymous with salvation. It, it, or at it has, least, yeah, it has to be, or at least there has to be a possibility that it doesn't always.
1: At the very least, it's not always synonymous with salvation. Or you have uh, to do, or you have to suggest what some some people have suggested, which is kind of a two paths of salvation, right. uh, which for me biblically doesn't fit uh, right. because Paul keeps preaching Christ even to the Jews, <laughs> right? Uh, to yeah.
0: essentially just say, listen, the uh the Jews will be saved for being Jewish because of election but but Paul is clear they are elect because of the promises that God made to their forefathers, and we're reading about we just read about those promises here, and I think because of a lack of careful reading of the these passages in the Old Testament and maybe a little bit of misreading of Paul, we draw the wrong conclusion on election.
1: And I, Well, yeah, I'm, and we're certainly not going to parse it out in a 30-minute you know, podcast episode when it's been debated for hundreds of years. I sure. just, again, I think we miss with this term, we miss two things. Number one, the storied context in which it is used. In other words, in the ministry of Jesus, if Jesus says, who are the elect to the Jews, they're like, we are. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, but, they're, they're, they're not thinking in terms of—they're thinking of a of a corporate status that they uh, are part of by virtue of descending from the patriarchs. And Paul says as much, to your point, in Romans, because of the patriarchs, they're elect. That's irrevocable.
0: So let me ask Gandalf something here. I'm going to reread verses 1 through 3 of chapter 12, Gandalf. And I want you to see if there's anything here that speaks of salvation— and if there's not, what does it speak to? All right, here, here we go. All right. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you hear anything there that would cause you to make the draw the conclusion that this is a act of salvation or believing faith? Uh no, actually. I, I don't think so. It's rather just a declaration of what
1: God is going to do through Abraham. Through a not just to Abraham, through Abraham. That's the That's key right. word. In fact, to to last week's point, you know, last week we talked about um, the language of faith entering the biblical story through Abraham, right? Abraham mm-hmm. believed God. Well, right. Abraham's belief in God comes after his calling by God. That's right. Genesis uh, so, so, 15. So if, if, if you, not Genesis 12. In, in a sense, and I'm not I'm not trying to disrupt theological systems, but if, if you're just going by order of the story, Abraham's calling comes before his justification. Right. Uh, I mean, and, and you know, we were talking about Paul before we started recording. Right. Uh, Paul, Paul's experience on the Damascus Road, which is a calling. He's going to be, you know, Christ saying to Ananias, I will show him how much it is necessary for him to suffer for my sake. This is Acts 9. Paul being right. the apostle to the Gentiles, to the nations. Um, this comes before, right? If you pull up Acts 9. Um so uh, and, I, and I guess well
0: before Paul believes when Ananias shares with him the gospel and he believes and the scales fall from his eyes.
1: Yeah. So we yeah that's it. We make election a soteriological term. We make it about salvation, when biblically it seems to be much more of a missiological, a a mission of God purposes of God uh, term. Uh, now and- certainly there would be a high uh, correlation between. Uh, people elect uh, people elect to be part of his salvific purposes, and people who are themselves participants in it. But there does not seem to be, to your earlier point from Paul in Romans, there does not seem to be a one-to-one correspondence, uh, right, right? Because so again, that, to go to Romans, not all of Israel is Israel. Not all the yeah. No. Uh, it is not as though the word of God has failed. Not all those who are That's from right. Israel, are Israelites. Yeah.
0: So it is possible because we're going to see this. Uh, man, I don't want to make this a Romans podcast, but if we were to go, let me just pull up Romans 9 here. Uh,
2: while he's doing that, uh, Brother Matt actually does have a Romans podcast that's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search when in Rome, read as the Romans did.
1: Oh, that's right.
2: Uh, I, so, yeah,
1: that I, I, t- I told you I was doing a Romans Bible study. I started last night and it's titled Romans. It is not a podcast. <laughs> um, that, that's Okay. I do, um, not, I do not have a Gandalf. Um, every church needs a Gandalf. You know, uh, you know what passage comes to mind for me in the New Testament? Uh, we, we keep talking about Paul. Uh, Peter comes to mind for me because Peter talks about uh, brothers and sisters make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Uh, but listen to the context in which he says this. He says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Amen. It says, By these, He has given us very great and precious promises. That sounds like patriarch language. So that through them, you may share in the divine nature. Yes, escape uh, escaping the corruption uh, that is in this world because of evil desire. That sounds like saving language. But he doesn't stop at saving language. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." In other words, these are not just people that God wants to work to. These are people God wants to work through. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing of his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. So Gandalf, um, look back in chapter 12 and verse 3. What okay. does God say
0: to Abraham? I will make you what? What?
2: Uh, I'll make you a great nation, and I'll make you a blessing to all the families of the earth. That's right. I am making you
1: a blessing. It's instrumental. So, I'm gonna make you an instrument of blessing.
2: yes. hey, not to not to derail the podcast, but I do notice another reference to making a a, a name great, which kind of feels like <laughs> uh, what we've talked about with Babel and then before that. That's right. right. They
1: wanted right. to make a name for themselves. very good catch, right. Um, very good catch. And, and again, so, babel they wanted to make their name great at the beginning of genesis 12 god calls him away from his father's house that would have been his inherited source of a name or reputation and then god says i'm going to make your name great right but he's he's being blessed by god to be a blessing that's right and and by the, the way i th- translations don't do a great uh um the uh the you be a blessing uh if in the Hebrew, that's not a an imperfect; it's not a future predictive. In the Hebrew, that's imperative. It's and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. It's not that so that you will be a blessing. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. So Abraham, you be a blessing. <laughs> right. it's, it's it, This is a commandment to Abraham. Abraham's. By the way, let me just. How does this tie in with what we've seen already? This sounds a whole lot like. Or it should sound like Eden. The Lord right. does what? He blessed them and said to them, mm-hmm. here's what I'm giving to you. and multiply. Yeah. Yep. In fact, uh, N.T. Wright, I know, uh, talks about a rabbinic tradition um, where God says, I'm going to create the world and I'm going to start with Adam. And if things go terribly wrong with Adam, I'm going to start over again, redeeming creation with Abraham. Hmm. Um, that's what's at stake here. It's not just God working to a people. It's work that's all that's been the plan back to Adam. It wasn't just blessing Adam, it was blessing Adam so that through Adam God could bless all creation. Everyone. All of creation. And what the, the beautiful
0: thing about this is that the people of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, are going to carry out the blessing to the world that we can see Christ as the ultimate blessing to the world as his descendant of Abraham. But whether they embrace Yahweh or reject Yahweh, whether they embrace Jesus or reject Jesus, they're still carrying out their election to be a blessing to the world because it was unbelieving Jews that nailed Jesus to the cross through the hands of the Romans or and, and, pa, and pa, brought and, about you know, this huge blessing to the world by bringing salvation
1: to the world. Or, yeah, or, you know... Uh, Paul himself, he's a chief persecutor of the early church in Jerusalem. It's persecution that sends the church beyond Jerusalem in Acts, right? Hmm. Um, and the, it, so it's interesting in Acts, uh, Saul is first mentioned at the stoning of Stephen. The very next chapter, the gospel goes out, Acts chapter 8, and the very next chapter after the gospel leaves Jerusalem, who does God call on Damascus Road? right Saul and a few chapters later he's he's this apostle who's going to different gentiles. nations gentiles yeah
0: let's take a minute here and look at verse 11 here in chapter 9 and this is talking about Isaac's children Jacob and Esau it says though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue Not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger. What I want you to focus on is so that God's purpose of election, whatever election is here in Romans chapter 9, it is not, it cannot be God choosing Jacob for salvation and Esau for reprobation because. Election is expanded as a purpose that God is carrying out. If election is this purpose of being a blessing to the world, the election of Abraham and the call of Abraham to be a blessing is continued through Jacob. Election is continued not by God choosing to save Jacob, but by God choosing to use Jacob. And I think you could further make the point is that when you read the genealogies of Jesus, you can find a list of kings there, including names of unbelieving Jews who had rejected Yahweh, yet they're still in the line of the Messiah. So they're still carrying out election, even though they don't believe. But if election is salvation, that creates a real problem. But if if election is about vocation, as Nathan is suggesting, carrying out the task that God has appointed for us, then I think these principles that Paul is using and gleaning from Genesis chapter 11 and 12 and beyond
1: begin to make sense. Well, yeah. So, again, I I think when we think of election, we think of mission. We think of uh, its instrumental uh it's vocational it's yeah it's it is who god is working through uh not just who god is working to and and Matt to your point the other side of that coin if you can have people that are involved in god's elective purposes by the way Judas right uh um, right. if you can have Cho-
0: people one of the chosen
1: specifically yeah. john says
0: did i not choose you the 12
1: you did i not choose you uh the 12 right. um uh in john 6 yet one of you mm-hmm. is a devil um uh, yeah, he, he certainly say, ain't saying Judas is <laughs> – uh, he was chosen. Um, and, but, and if
0: you're saying if Judas was chosen, if election and
1: God's choosing has to do with salvation, that's extremely problematic. Well, well because, but, but they might say the other thing, God could choose for condemnation too. And and again, I'm, I'm not saying what God right. – I, I, when I you know when we enter this discussion, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that God can do whatever God wants to do without any threat of meaningful opposition at any time or place from any person. God is sovereign. God can do what he wants to do. I'm just Amen. saying when when this term is used biblically, this is how it seems to be used. It seems to be used in a vocational sense, not in a narrowly, soteriological sense. And and Matt, we've had a discussion the other side of that coin. Not only do you have people who are part of the elective purposes uh, yet don't believe, you also have people who believe but don't seem to figure prominently in the elective purposes. Nathan, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a, there's a couple of things here
0: that we need to talk about before we leave chapter 11. Um, I hope you all just caught what Nathan just said, that there are people that are not in Say it one more time.
1: You said it so good. Uh, Oh, uh, so you have people who are part of God's elective purposes, and yet even if they don't believe, but you also have people who do believe even if they don't figure prominently into the elective purposes. Right.
0: That's a that's an excellent point. Two people come to mind immediately. Uh, Melchizedek, who we're going to read about in a few weeks, who is the priest king of Salem, who is priest of God Most High, and Abraham gives him a tenth. Well, he is not a descendant of Abraham. He is outside of the elect family of the Old Testament, but clearly a believer and worshiper of Yahweh. Another person that comes to mind is, is Jethro, who would be of... For instance, he is a descendant of Abraham, but through Ishmael. And so there you have outside of Isaac's line, people who are outside of this this pattern, this elect family who are are clearly worshipers of Yahweh. So it's it's just, we're giving you this stuff to just think about election. Just take a second look at it because we are just committing to you for your thoughts, that it might be more, not less. It might not mean only what you think it
1: means. Yeah. I go to Joshua. I go to Rahab and Achan's family. Hmm. Rahab is born outside of Israel, and yet she shows faith. And so she's brought into Israel. Achan and his family are born among the covenant people. And yet, their actions place themselves outside of it. They're not guaranteed salvation right this right. again, this seems to be some of what Paul is dealing with uh, but uh, I, again, I to the point we keep you know making or dancing around, election seems to be more than uh, a predetermination of uh, who will and won't be saved. It seems to be who will be part of God's saving activity right. Who, who is God going to use and how? D- are you tracking with us, Gandalf? Yeah, I'm tracking. It's, it's, th- th- this is good stuff. It's, it's not just who sleeps in the White House. The election is about far more than 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, the president may get to sleep in the White House, but that's not why he's elected president.
2: Right. I, I love that analogy. Good
0: stuff. Right. Hopefully we've shared enough today not to muddy the water but to at least cause us all to think, does this word really mean what I think it means? <laughs> that, that's suitable. Yeah, that's the purpose of this. And I, I'm just saying that I'm not denying other de- definitions here. I'm just saying I think it has a even a broader meaning
2: than we've previously thought. More, not less. Right. There yeah. it is. More, not less. And listener, we're glad that you have elected to spend these 30 minutes with us discussing is. the biblical narrative. Yes. <laughs> it was your choice. You may have had knowledge of us beforehand, here come, but today you have chosen <laughs> Here to comes. Yes. Here come those one-star <laughs> reviews. That's right. <laughs> They're just flooding That's it. Right. We're watching it in real time. But if you would always like to have a notification whenever there's a new episode every Tuesday morning, please drop a subscribe, drop a like, drop a star on Google play. And remember those five star reviews really help us out and really help tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So until then, we'll see you next week and you have a great one. See you next time. Shalom.
1: My, 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 how the turntables.